does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Welcome back, everybody. This is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. One more hour on a very busy Saturday night. We're going to talk football, high school, and college. Right now, though, you want to you want to know who won? That's that's the deal. Who won? The man who can tell you who won is the star of our show. It's Network Indiana's Eddie Garrison. Thank you, Coach Lovell. It's been a pleasure to be with you the last ninety minutes, and looking forward to the next sixty along with our producer Parker Webster tonight in downtown Indianapolis. Let's recap some Division One football scores. From today, the Ball State Cardinals began their season on the road in Lexington, taking on the Kentucky Wildcats, a 44-13 loss for the Cardinals. They ran the ball 41 times, only totaling 72 yards. Devin Leary, transfer from NC State for the Wildcats, made his debut 241 yards passing and uh, one passing touchdown. And it does not get any easier for Ball State next week. They have to go to Georgia and take on the top team. And college football. The Bulldogs went on the road to Montana. They fall by 15. 35-20 was the uh, final score. Brett Bushka, the Butler quarterback, 263 yards passing, two passing touchdowns and an interception. Butler will take on Taylor for their next contest. The Indiana Hoosiers, they welcome the Ohio State Buckeyes to Memorial Stadium down in Bloomington. 23-3 is the final score with the Ohio State Buckeyes topping the Indiana Hoosiers, the pair of freshman quarterbacks, because they're red shirts, Brendan Sorsby and Taven Jackson for Indiana combined for 9 of 21, passing for 82 yards. The run game could not get going either for IU. 33 attempts for 71 yards. That's 2.2 yards per carry. And in total, IU had 153 yards of offense. They will face Indiana State. Friday night. That's a 7 o'clock click from Bloomington. The interstate Stickamore, speaking of ISU, they played Eastern Illinois, the Panthers, on Thursday night, and they got shut out at home 27-0. to They only had 219 total yards of offense, and that's because they were missing their starting quarterback, Cade Chambers. So they'll look to get him back for their Week 2 game at IU on Friday night. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish, they defeated the Tennessee State Tigers 56-3 to in the home opener. For Sam Hartman at Notre Dame Stadium, through two games, he's completed 33 of his 40 passes for 445 yards and six touchdowns. He has yet to throw an interception. Today, Audric Estime, 11 attempts for 116 yards and a rushing touchdown. As a team, Notre Dame ran for 221 yards on the ground and three scores. They will travel to NC State for their first true road game next week. It'll be their third game. 
even though next week will be week two of college football. That game will be on ABC. The Purdue Boilermakers, they welcome the Fresno State to the newly renovated Ross Aid Stadium, and the Bulldogs give them a punch in the mouth. 39-35 win for the Bulldogs. Purdue's Hudson Card made his debut 254 yards passing, two passing touchdowns. Devin Mockby contributed with 60 yards on the ground in a rushing score. Tyrone Tracy Jr. had a rushing touchdown and a kickoff return for a touchdown. Does not get easier for Purdue. They have to go on the road in week two. They have to go to Virginia Tech and take on the Hokies. That kick is at noon Eastern next Saturday. In Division Two, the University of Indianapolis Greyhounds welcome the Hillsdale Chargers to Key Stadium in Indianapolis. 39-20 win for the Greyhounds. Gavin Suckup, 326 yards passing and three touchdowns in his debut. UND will now face Wayne State at home next Saturday evening at 6 o'clock Eastern. In Division Three. The Manchester Spartans took on the North Park, and they lost 27-0. They'll face Alma. They're a school from Michigan next week at 6 o'clock. Rolls-Holman, the Engineers, took on DePaul, the Tigers, and they lost 33-21. Miguel Robertson for Rolls-Holman had 202 yards passing, three passing touchdowns, and two interceptions. Nathan McCahill for DePaul, 276-yard passing, and three touchdowns himself. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Let's go to the ballpark. Tin caps, the uh, four-wing tin caps, six to two winners over the South Bend Cubs. Tin caps, voice of the tin caps, Mike Moss joins me. Hello, Mike. Hi, Bob. How are you? It's been way too long. Yeah, I'm I'm not as good as you. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> Caps with a big win. They're they're dominating the Cubs right now. We've won four in a row against them. And I know when you talk to Brendan King in a little while, he won't be as happy as I am. But uh, well, he'll be grumpy. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that that's true. Hey, I bought him breakfast uh, two days ago yesterday morning, so he ought to be happy. But no, the Tin Caps. It's been a crazy season, Bob. We started out uh, on May 14th. We were 10 and 22 and going nowhere. And since then, we're 55 and 38. We're in a dogfight with West Michigan for the second half East Division title. And we just got to thank Lansing because they just knocked off West Michigan 11 to 10 in 11 innings. So we start play tomorrow, one half game out of first with seven games to play. And, Bob, this is a team that's had 19 players called up to double-A San Antonio this season. Wow. And uh, we've got some kids that have come from the Arizona Complex League and the Loe Lake Elsinore, and uh, some of them are really starting to show their stuff. And um, we got one big guy, and you being involved with the Horizon League for a long time, he's a 6'5", 250-pound first baseman named – Griffin Dorshing, who played four years at Northern Kentucky and then had a year left of eligibility and played last year at Oklahoma State. Last night, he became the first player ever to hit two balls, not only out of the ballpark, but beyond left field. It's a big apartment complex called the Harrison, and he hit that on the fly. He did that Yikes. three years ago <laughs> at Northern Kentucky. was here. Right. It's, only, it's only the eighth time it's ever been born. But um, 
this team has really come into life. You know, our bullpen was our Achilles heel most of the year. Now it's our strength. And um, we've lost a lot of people who are league leaders in a number of categories. And we've got some 19- and 20-year-olds that have just come up in the last two weeks. And you wouldn't know that they're 19 or 20 because this is the first time since 2018 we've been in a pennant race. And we haven't had a winning season since 2015. Haven't been in the playoffs since 2017. And we had over 7,700 fans here tonight at Parkview Field. And tomorrow night is the home finale, and we're going to have another sellout, which will be the eight, uh, 17th of the year. And this town has gotten behind this team. And when you stop and think, on May 14th, they had the worst record in the league. Right. And here we are right. today, that game out of first place. I think they appreciate good old-fashioned hard work, and and that's what these kids are giving them. You know, when you're that young, Mike, I, I mentioned it earlier, you have that youthful exuberance. You're just happy to be at the ballpark, and you want to come out and you give a great effort, and the fans pick up on that. They, they appreciate that. They respect that, and they're willing to support that as much as they can. Oh, yeah. You know, there was one game earlier in this series with South Bend that they had the lead uh, going into the, uh, what was it, seventh or eighth inning, two outs, and we get a base runner on. And all of a sudden, the crowd got into it. Next thing you know, an air, a couple of hits, we get a run, we take the lead, we win the game. And a lot of it has to be, in baseball, you call it the 10th man, in football, you call it the 12th man, in basketball, you call it the 6th man. The crowd really can make a difference. And... um, they they have this past week. Mike Moss, South Bend, excuse me, Fort Wayne Ten Caps beat the South Bend Cubs <laughs> six to two tonight. And so, uh, Mike Moss, it's always great to talk to you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. We'll come back, spend some more time uh, talking ball. Coming up, scoreboard update, and then we're going to talk some college football. Uh, That's all coming up on Indiana Sports Talk. Again, we're glad you're with us. Don't forget to join us Friday night, week number four of the high school football season. Coming up later on in this hour, Mr. Paul Condry from the Regional Radio Sports Network and I will talk about week number three. We'll recap last night's action around the state. So uh, you get excited about that, as you should. So we still have time to talk about college football. Uh, later on tonight, too, we'll talk about UND and also talk about Purdue. So stay with us. We have a, a lot a lot to go on this. And um, once again, we need your help throughout the night, especially on Fridays. Uh, tweet us scores, pictures, videos, whatever you want, at IND Sports Talk, hashtag IST, and uh, help us understand and feel what it's like out there around the state. Coming up. Eddie Garrison, scoreboard update. This is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. With this Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard updates, I'm Eddie Garrison. Tomorrow will be the second of three consecutive weekends at the NCT IndyCar Series. Will be in action. Qualifications today for the Bitnile.com Grand Prix of Portland from Portland International Raceway. Graham Rahal. Had the fastest lap time today, 121.236 miles per hour. Scott McLaughlin will start third or second. And that number three machine, Colton Herdell will start third. Scott Dixon 
will start fourth. Alex Pillow will start fifth. And rounding out the fast six will be Pato Award. The green flag will drop tomorrow at 3 o'clock. You can catch the action on NBC, Peacock, and, of course, on the IndyCar Radio Network. Alex Pillow, he does have a 64-point lead or 74-point lead over Scott Dixon, and all he has to do is finish within the top five to secure a win. Right now, Scott Dixon will start fourth. Polo will start fifth in tomorrow's race. Major League Baseball today, the Chicago Cubs, Cincinnati Reds, 2-1 win for the Reds. They scored two runs in the bottom of the ninth inning. Hunter Renfro came out, bases loaded, one out. It's a ground ball to Dansby Swanson, makes a diving play in the hole, and he's able to leg it out at first to prevent the inning-ending double play, meaning the Reds win because T.J. Friedel scored Reds-Cubs will wrap up their four-game series tomorrow. The Reds have won the last two games. Cleveland Guardians walk off the Tampa Bay Rays 7-6. Stephen Kwam had an RBI single in the bottom of the ninth to tie it and then hit the game-winning RBI with a sack fly. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by... Indiana Donor Network. Purdue's opener today did not go like they wanted it to. Boilermakers lose to Fresno State 35-32. With me from the uh, Purdue Sports Radio Network, our good friend Rob Blackman. Rob, it was an, if you're a fan with no allegiances, it was an exciting and fun game. It was it did not lack drama or excitement this afternoon at Ross Aid. Certainly had plenty of offense. Uh, I mean, 39-35, that, uh, that's the type of ball game that will uh, certainly keep you entertained, um, which uh, uh, the great irony, of course, to all of this uh, from a Purdue side is, uh, you know, Ryan Walters last year as the defensive coordinator at Illinois. Uh, I think these uh, this number is correct. I, I will double-check it after our conversation is over, but I'm pretty sure Illinois led the nation in points allowed last year. Uh, so mm-hmm. to give up 39 points uh, in your first game as a head coach at Purdue uh, is certainly uh, not something we saw coming. Matter of fact, I mean, I was thinking about this before our conversation here, Bob. Uh, if I would have told you uh, going into the game that Purdue's going to score 35 points, Purdue will not have a turnover in the ball game. Uh, and by the way, Purdue's new head coach was the best defensive coordinator in the nation a year ago. Uh, you would have said to yourself, "Oh well, Purdue must have won 35 to seven or 35 to 3. Uh, but, of course, that's not yeah. how it worked out. Uh, just uh, Purdue just, boy, defensively, just quite frankly, wasn't very good in a lot of areas. So, um, offensively, uh, there's a lot to like. Uh, certainly special teams as well. Purdue had the 98-yard kickoff return from Tyrone Tracy to start the second half. So, right. uh, a lot of things uh, to uh, really like offensively and, uh, and special teams-wise. But uh, defensively, just not good enough today, and, and that was unfortunate. Yeah, you know what? To, to add to the list of things that you, you, you that happen that make you think you're going to win a ball game, a 98-yard uh, return on the kickoff, an 84-yard touchdown pass on the opening drive. How am I doing so far? This underscores, unfortunately, the troubles that they had on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, uh, offensively and special teams, plenty of big plays to be found, and that that was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, defensively, just yeah, you know, you, there are just some numbers you look at, and, and and they really are frustrating. You know, they were they uh, speak. I'm speaking of Fresno State now. They were 11 of 17 on third down. Purdue was two of 12 on mm. third down. Uh, 
Mm. Um, mm. Just just couldn't defensively just couldn't get off the field on third down. Right. Um, and 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 you know look. Let's be fair. The offense wasn't very good on third down either. You can't be two of twelve on third down. Um, mm, and, mm. and 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 you know those those numbers normally go hand in hand with time of possession, which was dominated by by Fresno State, thirty six minutes to twenty three, twenty four minutes roughly. And also those numbers, as you well know, Bob, normally go hand in hand with with number of plays run in the game. Right. And one of the big reasons Fresno State had all the success they had they they ran eighty two plays, uh, eighty two offensive snaps. Purdue had 60. So so you gave the opponent Yikes. 22 more snaps. Yikes. Right. Um, that, that's tough. It's hard to win a ball game when your team gets 22 more cracks at it than you do. <laughs> and uh, uh, kind of like, you know, Matt Painter in basketball always talks, always talks about possessions. You know, how many possessions sure. did you right. have in the game? Well, very similar now to football. I mean, how many possessions? How many times did you have the ball offensively? And and Fresno State had it 22 more. They had 22 more cracks at it than Purdue did. And, and that's a big reason why, uh, you know, Purdue gave up 39 points today. Yeah, and the disappointing thing, in addition to the loss, obviously, was how they did it. I mean, you 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 you're up, uh, you're late in the game, and you you know you you are um, you've taken the lead, uh, 35-32, deep in that fourth quarter, and then the classic answer is score with a score. Uh, Fresno literally drives the length of the field, and Mikey Keene uh, kills him with a dagger in the back of the end zone to win the game. And so it's one of those, you know, you, you look at the defensive effort we've talked about. Yeah, you, you need it. You needed a stop. You know how this is. We just need one stop. We just need to get a stop and get them off the field, and you can't do it. That adds to the frustration. Yeah, and uh, so that final touchdown you're alluding to for Purdue, you know, they score that. Uh, Purdue scores with 4.36 to go in the game. Uh, the crowd is back into it. You really feel like you've seized the momentum. All you need, as right. you said, is just one stop. You just need one stop. And from an, from a special team standpoint, the, the, the kickoff was pretty good. You, you pinned them back at their own 21-yard line. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's not like he gave up the big return and, and, and gave him a short field. I mean, they they took the ball over their own twenty one yard line. So you really feel like everything's working in your favor, and then and then just can't get it done. But yeah, I'm I am glad you mentioned uh, their quarterback, Mikey Keene. I, I mean, boy, he was he was good. he was good. Four touchdowns. I mean, that's and to do it on the road. And he was, you know, everyone wants to talk about Purdue's first time starter and Hudson Card being a transfer and. And Hudson played really well, but I tell you what, Mikey Keene—he's a first-time starter for Fresno. He's a transfer, and he was just as good. And he was playing on the road, so um, tip of the cap to him. And, and he made some really big plays for them, especially in the second half. Uh, I thought Purdue defensively did a good job of harassing him and forcing him out of the pocket. Uh, the problem right. was once he got out of the pocket, he was actually a pretty accurate, pretty accurate thrower out of the pocket. Um, so some, you know, sometimes good, sometimes bad. You, you kind of feel like maybe you didn't want to force him out of the pocket because he was pretty good with a ball <laughs> uh, out of the pocket. But uh, look, a lot of things to like about this this game for Purdue outside right. of the right. final score. But there are some things that need worked on, uh, and certainly I think uh, offensively, for all the good things Purdue did with a football in its hands, the one thing Purdue did not do a good job today was short yardage offense. Uh, mm. His offensive line just wasn't very effective in the short yardage game. Uh, mm-hmm. Quite frankly, got got pushed around, um, which which should really never happen if you're a Big Ten team playing a team from the Mountain West. So Purdue needs to find a way to shore up that offensive line. 
again, if we're being fair, Purdue's not healthy up front. Purdue is playing with a yeah. third-string center in the game today, and it yeah. actually played yeah. fourth-string center a couple of times. Uh, so, uh, but look, uh, you, you know, you have to find a way because uh, it's not going to get any easier here. While Purdue tries to get healthy on the offensive line, they need to find some guys that can they can move the pile, and and that was a concern. So, as you might expect in a game one situation with a brand new coach and mm-hmm. a whole bunch of brand new mm-hmm. players some good some bad and uh purdue had both of those things today but unfortunately he came up on the wrong end of the scoreboard see and i think that's you know uh, to be understood if you you have a brand new coach and a lot of new faces you really don't know what you have to be honest i mean you think you do you think you have an idea but no <laughs> some on the other side they're trying to win too and now you've uh you know you've compounded your problem by having to go to Virginia Tech next week and play down there against that uh, that atmosphere, which is daunting, to say the least. Yeah, and I mean, uh, new faces. I, I, didn't, I knew Purdue had a lot of new faces. I didn't really know. I should have known this until I counted them up this morning before the game. If you count freshmen and transfers, uh, that number is well over 30 uh, scholarship players for Purdue. And remember, you only get 85. (laughs) So so you're talking about a third of your roster is is new faces. So, yes, no one expected it to be perfect today, and it wasn't. Uh, but as you said, it's not like you have a whole lot of time to worry about uh, no. what went wrong no. today because you're on the road next weekend, as you said, at Virginia Tech. So, uh, look, young football team, inexperienced football team, new coaches, new staff. As I said earlier, you'd take the good with the bad. You'd try to get a little bit better. And for the Purdue fans that are ready to jump off the tallest building in West Lafayette, I would remind you, <laughs> J- J- Joe Tiller also lost his first right. game ever. Right. Purdue. And then right. he ripped off a, ni- a nine-win season that same year. So all hope is not lost quite yet. Well, Rob Blackman, thank you very much. Purdue, uh, tough loss to Fresno State, taking on Virginia Tech next weekend. And, yeah, Joe Tiller may have lost that first one and reel off nine. I'm not exactly sure that's in the cards for the Boilers. But, uh, you know, offensively, Hudson Card uh, was uh, what they had hoped for. He was very impressive. And, and clearly, uh, defensively, the Boilers can be much better. Uh, and uh, I'm sure they will be. So a tough way to start out. It'll be uh, similarly difficult next week on the road at Virginia Tech. Coming up, scoreboard update with Eddie Garrison, and then Paul Kindry and I will talk about high school football on Indiana Sports Talk. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. With this Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard updates... I'm Eddie Garrison. Only one major upset in the top 25 rankings today, that being Colorado. They went on the road in Deion Sanders' first game with 86 new players, and they upset the 17-ranked TCU Horned Frogs, who were just the runners-up in the most recent college football playoff. Shadur Sanders, a program record, 510 yards passing, four passing touchdowns. He did not 
throw an interception. Colorado had four players with over 100 yards receiving. Jimmy Horn Jr., Xavier Weaver, Dylan Edwards, and Travis Hunter, who's one of the best players in the country. He displayed that in their week one win. 11 receptions, 119 yards. Not to mention, he plays defense. He plays both ways. Played over 100 snaps in total between both sides. He had an interception in the win for Colorado. They will return home and face Nebraska in their home opener. Some other top 25 matchups from today. Tennessee defeated Virginia 49-13. Michigan just steamrolled East Carolina. They didn't need to score in the fourth quarter. 30-3 was the final score. Iowa, the 25th-ranked Hawkeyes, 24-14 over Utah State. Oklahoma's offense was humming today. 73 to nothing over Arkansas State. The Sooners are ranked 20th. And, and Oregon, they raised their glass by one here over Oklahoma. Oregon puts up 81 points in their win. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Week number three of high school football in the books, as we do every Saturday night. It's one of my fun, fun times of the week. We talked to Paul Condry from the Regional Radio Sports Network. He's in the Indiana Football Hall of Fame, the Indiana Sports Writers and Sports Casters Hall of Fame, founder of the Regional Radio Sports Network, and the publisher of the Indiana Football Digest. Best friend football has in the state of Indiana. Fun night last night, Paul. I mean, really, you talked about it a week ago, how many great games were scheduled on Friday. Weather was perfect, and it was a great night of football. You know, it really was, Coach. Great to be with you tonight. Uh, it's week three. We st- we started to see some of those conference opponents uh, match up, and we're going to see those kind of things kind of filter their way through our over the next uh, couple weeks of our conversations. But uh, week number three, there were some really neat football games, some uh, as well as uh, some really neat performances. We saw some coaches uh, really do some special things, but. I know for me, it was the 54th year of the Dunland Conference getting underway. And for me, as a kid who grew mm-hmm. up in Hobart, Indiana, as a ninth grader, that was the first year of the Dunland Conference. And to be mm-hmm. able to be here 54 years later doing a Dunland Conference football game between Valparaiso and Laporte was kind of a cool thing, kind of a surreal moment to be able to be a part of that. But it was a really neat night for high school football. I can't say there was uh, a moment or throughout the course of the evening that there was like, oh my goodness, did you? can you believe that happened? <laughs> I don't think we saw any of those kind of moments. But I thought we saw some really neat performances and we saw some uh, we saw some streaks kind of stop. We saw some teams step up and play some big boy football. And I thought we saw some teams that, you know, look at their schedule and say, you know, if they win this game, they're not going to lose a game the rest of the year. And we saw those kind of things kind of happen. So there's a wide variety of things, nothing spectacular, but it was a great way for week three to get underway. Right. Well, what what streaks, uh, what uh, performances would you like to focus on? Well, first of all, Linton Stockton had its streak stopped by Monrovia. You have Andy Olson and the kids at Monrovia. Yeah. A a lot of credit because, you know, Linton Stockton has been a great team over the many, many years. But Andy's kids were able to step up and win a big football game. 
and I think that bodes well for their future, certainly for their future. You come out with a 27-26 to 26 overtime win, that certainly uh, uh, says, hey, listen, we're going on the right path. But I thought there were games throughout the course of the season. We saw, I think one of the games that really jumped off the page of me was Bud Osmond's Oak Hill football team knocking oh, off yeah. a really, yeah. really talented Eastbrook football team. Jeff Adamson, the coach at Eastbrook, one of, is a 300-win guy and, of course, one of the best football programs our states have ever seen. So for the second consecutive year, big win for that uh, Oak Hill team led by Avery Mills, a great fullback, as well as Lexi right. Trucks, their quarterback. He's had a really, really good season. So uh, that was a big win. They're continuing to win football games. Will Warnock, their great uh, inside linebacker, had a monster game for that, that football team. And I think when it's all said and done, uh, those are the kind of games we'll look back on as we look through some of the other games throughout the course of the night. I thought there were games that really kind of uh, we, we saw some teams, you know, kind of rise to the equation. I, I was with, I was, I was on hold last night during the big show when you were talking to Eric Moore, and you know, Eric right. who's gone through all kinds of adversity. You know, his team continues to just kind of methodically take on some of the best teams in the nation. Beat a really good Louisville Trinity football team last night, thirty-four to six. We saw Crown Point do something last night uh, against Maryville, which is kind of uh, kind of really a, a, a very unique situation because uh, I mean Maryville has been a, one of the best teams in the Duna Conference right. for a long, right. long time. And so what we saw last night is Crown Point uh, ended a 56-game streak by Maribel getting to double digits in, in points total. So, uh, I mean, that Crown Point team up in Northwest Indiana, certainly they won the Duna Conference last year under a Hall of Fame coach, Craig Buzia. Now they're primed to be able to be able to make some noise uh, moving forward mm-hmm. in that one. So I thought it was a really neat night for high school football. I think one that was uh, it's all said and done. We saw some night performances, but it's going to set up, I think, what I think is going to be a really exciting time in week number four as well, too. Paul Condry with us. We're talking about high school football, week number three in the books. Uh, Paul, um, I talked to Keith Kinder last night from Mishawaka. That win was very impressive, was it not? It was. I think they're a really, really, really good football team. But you know something? The Northern Lakes Conference has become one of the best football so. leagues yeah. in, the, in the Hoosier State. And I think you know, when it's all said and done, it's been really, really good. If you look at their win against Northridge, but you also have to look at Northwood's win against Concord. Owen Raider, their great right. quarterback, was th- thir- I think it was 23 of 33, if my memory serves me correct. 412 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, Josiah Edmond uh, with eight receptions for 134 yards, but the reality of it is, is when you have teams that are going to score five or six times the first time they touch a football, that kind of ruins your game plan, and I think mm-hmm. that's what we saw last <laughs> night. We saw some really neat young kids come out of the out of the equation. I thought one performance that jumped off the page for me was Maverick Eski, the kid at Burbuff, at Burbuff Jesuit. They come north to Mar- yeah. Mishawaka, yeah. Marion, and Maverick has a great game. The coach's son, 23-34 for 368 yards, five Five touchdown passes for him, and then of course Penn go coming off a monster win last week against Mishawaka. Goes south to Cathedral, and yeah. Danny O'Neill just rips him. Five touchdown passes, fifteen to twenty-five, two hundred eighteen yards. He found five right. different wide receivers for scores. So there was some neat things going on last night in week number three, Coach. 
Well, there were, and I think, you know, the biggest thing about it is it's crazy. We say this every year, but we're one-third of the way through the regular season after last night. I mean, serious. It won't be – and and I think that's the case in point. There's, you've got such a such a small window to improve, and I know you as a former college basketball coach, you can totally appreciate this because you've got twenty, maybe twenty two, maybe twenty five games, and you kind of look at your your right. season right. and microcosms. Okay, right. we want to win these next five. I mean, here's our five games. So let's do this in five games. Then let's do this in five games. High school football coaches, college football coaches don't have the luxury of doing everything in fives. These guys to say, okay, hey, man, no, no. we've got to get better from week one to week two and week from two to three because the next thing you know, because in week four, we're halfway through this thing, and if we don't, if we don't make adjustments, you know, we're, we're, we're toast. And I think that's what's so unique about high school right. football <laughs> is that small window right. of opportunity that lies ahead for these football teams. And I think that's one of the things that makes this game really, really special is that, boy, I tell you what, you've got to make hay while the sun shines. That's what the farmers say. And I think that's what's uh, neat as we move into week number four. And I right. know we're going to talk about some of the key games here in the next segment, but it's going to be really, really neat as we – kind of uh, really get into the heart of some of these conference games. Right. Well, Paul, we'll, uh, we'll do that. I need you to hang on here through this scoreboard update. When Paul Kinder and I come back, we'll talk about week number four. Uh, that's coming up this Friday. Don't forget to join us uh, on many of these great stations around the state as we talk about, as surprising as it sounds, this will be week number four. So Paul Kinder and I will come back and talk uh, more about week three, look ahead to week number four. I always encourage you, if you haven't to this point, picked up your copy of the Indiana Football Digest. You want to know about all the schools in the state, uh, on the top players, the top players in the state. It's the best publication of its kind in the country. So go to uh, indianafootballdigest.com and uh, find out a way for you to pick up your copy of the uh, the Indiana who like football. And so, again, Paul Condry's uh, great work, the Indiana Football Digest. Uh, go to it, Indiana, indianafootballdigest.com. is easy. After this school board update, Paul and I will look ahead to week number four. Also, when we come back, we're going to be spending some time talking about some college uh, football. University of Indianapolis's Chris Keevers will join us. Um, Hounds start out with a good win today. We'll talk about that. Plus, we'll catch up with our good friend Brendan King. Uh, the South Bend Cubs, and we'll let him talk a little Notre Dame football, let him brag a little bit about that. Scoreboard update coming up with Eddie Garrison. This is Indiana Sports Talk. With this Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard updates, I'm Eddie Garrison. Let's recap as many college scores, football scores as we can. Ball State Cardinals, they lost to Kentucky. The Wildcats beat them 44-13. Ball State will now go to Georgia, and they'll face the Bulldogs next week. The Butler Bulldogs, they lost on the road to Montana 35-20. They will take on Taylor in their next matchup. The Indiana Hoosiers, they lost at home to the Ohio State Buckeyes 23-3. The Indiana State Sycamores lost Thursday 
night to Eastern Illinois, 27 to 0. The Hoosiers and the Sycamores will play each other on Friday night at 7 o'clock from Bloomington. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish start their season 2 0 in week one after beating Tennessee State 56 to 3. The Butler. The Purdue Boilermakers and the Fresno State Bulldogs played at ross Stadium, and Purdue falls to Fresno State 39-35. Purdue will face Virginia Tech on the road next Saturday. Valparaiso, they lost to Youngstown State 52-10. Valpo will face Indiana Wesleyan at Indiana Wesleyan next Saturday evening. In Division II, the University of Indianapolis Greyhounds, they defeat the Hillsdale Chargers 39-20. to They will welcome Wayne State to Key Stadium in the south side of Indianapolis next Saturday. Division Three, Anderson loses the Trine 61-0. DePaul goes to Rolls-Holman. They pick up a win 33-21. DePaul will face Anderson next week. The Franklin Grizzlies, they pick up a loss this weekend, unfortunately, to Olivet 35-32. And the Hanover Panthers They get a 10-7 win over Center College. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk. It's brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. College football today, the University of Indianapolis beats Hillsdale 39-20. With me, UIndy's Chris Kievers. Hey, Coach, thanks so much for the call. Congratulations on a great win. Thank you very much. It's fun to win. It is fun. <laughs> a lot of people don't realize how hard it is either. It's not easy to win, especially against the schedule you play. Yeah, I mean, Hills does a very good football team. They've got a great tradition, and they gave us all we I – mean, I mean, it was tight game. It's 15 to 14 at halftime, and uh, we pulled away in the second half. But they're well coached, and they got a bunch of good players. You guys aren't too badly coached yourselves now, let's be honest. And one of the things that you've done in your tenure there is you've dominated people up front and on the ground. And it seems to be a hallmark of what your Greyhound teams are about. Well, it, it is. We were disappointed. This I looked at the stat sheet. And, you know, we, we rushed for 182 yards, and they rushed for 202. And that was that's not like us. Mm. But, no, but, you know, no. The ultimate number's twenty. They they scored twenty and we scored thirty nine. So, you know that that's that's <laughs> the bottom line. <laughs> right. Well, no, no, you're right. But I I do think that when when teams play you, they know they're going to play physical football, and, and you guys do wear people down. And you know I think it addresses how you were able to to do the things you did in the second half. Yeah, I mean our guys, you know, they answered the bell. We were tight game and they pulled away because you know we we we're playing at home and you know, I take a lot of pride at home we win at home and and uh, right really really proud of the kids right so who stepped up and played well for you today well you know our quarterback did a really nice job Jay, uh, uh gavin sukup he was 15 to 22 for 326 yards and three tds he's a kid from nebraska that we picked up at a juco in, in chicago He's a sophomore. He won a national championship as a freshman in in JUCO, mm. and uh, he's mm. really played well. And, and then Alonzo Derrick had uh, seven catches for 170 yards and two touchdowns. He's a kid from Fort Wayne Snyder. He's a very good player. He's a redshirt junior. All right, who's up next week for you? You know, we got a bye week. That's a that's a strange oh. thing, and, yeah. and we don't like it, but. You know, when you win a lot of games, people don't want to play you, and we struggled to pick up somebody. <laughs> so we got to play. We, we, we have Wayne State the following week uh, at home. Right. And then we go to Saginaw. So we got our hands full. 
Let me tell you. Let me tell you a Wayne State story. Back in the day, I interviewed for their basketball job. Okay, and uh, no, this is in, in between Franklin and, and IUPUI. I interviewed for that job. Offered. I'm out. I'm offered the job, uh, and um, it was obvious to me that I'd be I'd be going to Detroit by myself <laughs> because my I didn't think my wife and my way and you can appreciate this. I didn't think my wife and daughter wanted to make the move. Uh, it was a neat place, um, an awful lot like uh, IUPUI at the time, and so things worked out. But that's good. But today, University of Indianapolis Greyhounds start out with a great win, thirty nine twenty over Hillsdale. Off next week, up to Wayne State the following week. Coach Chris Kievers, thanks so much for the call, Chris. I appreciate Thank it, and congratulations so really again. It. Thank you so you're much. You're welcome. Really Thank you. It. All right. You're welcome. Well, you're welcome. Brendan King joins me. He needs no introduction, so I won't give him one. Hello, Brendan. Hello, Coach. Well, um, Mike Moss called earlier to take away uh, take away your thunder, so – yeah, uh, tough day at the yard for the uh, for the Cubs. Cubs have uh, the the ten caps have your number right now, uh, which is a little bit surprising. Yeah, I mean, uh, I know we're short on time, Coach, but uh, Maz paid for my breakfast on Friday, so I gave him the honor of uh, leading <laughs> us off tonight. So uh, that 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 was the you're, trade. You're a good you're a good man. So. Um, Hang on. I'm sorry. We're, we're up again. This is a, our final break, so hang in there. You and I will wrap it up, okay? You got it. Yep. All right. Brendan King and I will come back and talk more ball on Indiana Sports Talk. Welcome back, everybody. This is Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Bob Lovell. It's brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Four win, ten caps beat the South Bend Cubs 6-2 to two tonight. Brendan King, the voice of the Cubs, join us. Um, as I mentioned before. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. For the break, uh, Caps have uh, dominated this competition lately. They've been playing some good ball, Coach. I mean, they are still in playoff contention. Uh, when we get to tomorrow, the Caps are actually – they're going to be a half game back of first place because first place West Michigan in the East lost tonight. So, Fort Wayne's mm. making a late playoff push. Uh, they've got some pretty good talent from the Padres. And, you know, for us, Coach, I mean, you know this. Talked with you last week. We're eliminated from playoff right. contention. So, right. Um, right. sometimes when that happens, double A is going to be the benefactor because – uh, guys like Matt Shaw, who we talked about last week, he's the Cubs' first-round pick out of Maryland. Played 20 games with us, hit 393, not bad. And uh, no. you know, we're out of play. Yeah, so we're off. We're out of playoff contention. And then Shaw was given a double A, and the Tennessee Smokies, their double A, they're uh, they're contending for the playoffs. So a lot of times when one team gets eliminated, uh, a lot of guys will go to the next right. level, and that's sure. that's what happened with us uh, over the last week or so. All right, brag about your Notre Dame Irish today. They got on the. They got another W today. Big win over yeah. Tennessee State. Yeah, I mean, what more can you say? Uh, Sam Hartman is already looking like a spectacular leader, and you know, be it this is a game, coach, that uh, the Irish were supposed to win. I mean, you're supposed to dominate right. an FTS opponent, but heck, I mean, uh, I think, coach, if your name is not Alabama or Georgia, I think the <laughs> Irish have the best running back room 
in the country. Uh, right. Hunter Castamay, 100-plus yards. I mean, to look at a guy like Jadarian Price, who at the time coming to Notre Dame, he was one of the highest running back recruits ever. You know, Price only had two carries today, made two catches. And the depth of that running back room, uh, Jeremiah Love, just a freshman, he had mm-hmm. 46 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Jabrian Payne also looks solid, too. So, uh, yeah, again, I think unless your name is Alabama or Georgia, the Irish <laughs> has the best running back room right. in the country. All right, get your calendar out. My, I've been ordered by uh, our daughter to be down in Naples uh, end of October, 1st of November. That's 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 the hey, order. Yeah. You don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> Brendan King, you're the best, brother. Thanks for the call. Talk to you tomorrow night, okay? Thanks, Coach. Well, not tomorrow night. Today's talk Saturday. To you next week. If I talk to you, you know what? I'll, I could, I'll just call you tomorrow night. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, talk a little ball. All right. Thank, no, hey, thanks for the call. Have a great week, thanks. okay? Yeah, this you know the week has flown by. The weekend's flown by, so I've I've lost track. So, Brendan King, great guy, lots of fun people tonight. It was a really fun night, and um, you know college football is off and running as we mentioned with Paul Condry. Week number four comes up Friday. Thanks uh, so much to Eddie Garrison. And um, Parker Parker Webster for a wonderful job tonight. Thanks to our great stations around the state that bring you the show every Friday and Saturday night. Thanks to all of you for making us the most listened to sports talk show in the state's history. It is the history-making legendary Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk.